welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Live with Nick Slavic. In this episode, Nick talks with Tanner Mullen about being a craftsperson versus being an entrepreneur. Okay, Tanner Mullen. Um, happy Friday, everybody. This is the Ask a Painter Live show. I'm Nick Slavic. I am the host of Ask a Painter Live. I'm also the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. Uh, this show has been going on for five years now, over five years. It's a weekly live Facebook show where we share the life of master craftspeople and entrepreneurs. And what a great topic today. Um, this is a spur of the moment, last minute idea. Um, <laughs> our friend Tanner Mullen here is, is the dear leader of a now 120,000 member Facebook group called painting contractors. And uh, uh, we like Tanner because not only is he a good guy, but he also traffic cops that group. So it doesn't descend into painter chaos, which I'm a big fan of. So <laughs> kudos to you, man. That is not an easy job because we're all feral cats and and that, that it, it hasn't descended into chaos like other groups. Hats off, man, Tanner. How do you do that? Uh, great team. You know, we have a group chat, everybody, uh, treat, you know, well, we, we all want to grow. We all want to be a part of something that is a collective brain. Uh, and I think if, uh, you know, you just have the right people monitoring the group at all times, you know, just got a great team. Yeah, I agree. So uh, before we get too far into this, the topic for today is something we decided last minute. Uh, Tanner posted something, an unbelievable post. There's 456 people that have interacted with it. 113 comments, 25 shares. It hit uh, a, a nerve uh, with painters. Uh, it has to do with master painter, master business owner, and all that goes with it. This this dovetails into a lot of stuff that we do, Tanner, right? <laughs> like we are in this trade. We're both actively uh, interested in the entrepreneurial side. And you with your group, me with the PCA and Ask a Painter, we're trying to inculcate this sense of master craftspersonship and entrepreneurship in all these people. So before we dive into that, I will mention the PCA, the Painting Contractors Association. Uh, we are big fans of that. And uh, one of the biggest benefits of the PCA is in-person events. I actually got to meet Tanner uh, at a PCA event for the, right? We met at the expo for the first time probably, right? You did, yep. Yep, sure did. and even better, I got to sit in a room with Tanner at Corey Leister's shop. And listen, Tanner, we, we know you, we love you, we think highly of you, but when you gave your life story, that was amazing. Like it, it even was like, oh, wait, there's even more to Tanner Mullen. This is great. We just love it. So me and, me and Jason Pierce were sitting in the back of the room. Just, yes, he's substantial. He's even more substantial than we knew about it. So, <laughs> you know, what's what's even crazier. I did not know that your father was sitting right in front of me and he was the main thrust of the story. So this guy was all hyped up about it. I thought, wow, that dude likes Tanner Mullen right there. And it ended up being your dad, man. That was that was like. That was it was impressive, man. It was impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it all worked out. It was just a great time. Shout out to Corey for putting together such an awesome event. You know, can't beat it, man. Great time. 
Yeah, Corey is the great connector and she does well with that stuff. She brings out the best in everybody. And man, uh, my impression, Tanner, was you were up there. You were a preacher, man. You were you know, everybody going and everybody was like riding the waves of your stories. And we were all, just, it was dude, seriously, man, that's off. <laughs> but I, like I said in the beginning, you know, any, in any case, man, like you, even like if we're going up to a big job, a massive house, you know, you can plan, plan, plan. But when you get in there, you know, if, if, if it's not part of your, uh, your, your, your internal training of what you guys have, uh, you know, have worked on so hard, then uh, you won't deliver. And that's something I've been focusing on for months, just trying to create the right message, start to start it off on the right foot. And then uh, it was awesome, man. Great experience. I love it. So I am going to apologize in advance for the brain fog. And I have a heavy hitter like Tanner here today because I am foggy today. And in a very short synopsis, I was in another country yesterday. And uh, I, I make it sound real grand. I was in Canada, just like an hour and 45 minute plane trip from here. But there was, uh, let's see, in the course of, I think I was gone for 30 hours. I did a bunch of master's classes for guys in the Toronto area. My first flight got canceled. Uh, I booked another flight. There were four delays after that. Mass chaos at the airport. Uh, all sorts of craziness going down. COVID tests, customs, this and that. I made it home. Uh, it was a wild time. So I am, I'm a little foggy today. I just had my standing lunch date with my wife. I'll do ask a painter. And then I got to go sit with the kids and just hang out for a little bit. Do you have to stand up during the lunch date? No, no, that's, uh, <laughs> sorry. I was trying to come up with something witty. I'm foggy Tanner. I am gone, dude. I am, I'm a piece of burnt toast right now. So uh, to be honest, I'm ready to go. I love the topic, man. And I know you'll let me have added on it because I'm eager to share, you know, about what, what we discussed. You got it. So I'll read it. I'll read the actual post and then you give me your thoughts and I'd like to hear why you posted it. So Tanner wrote uh, June 8th, being a master painter is one thing. Being a master business owner of a painting company is another. Being a master painter that is also a master business owner is an untouchable accomplishment. It's much easier to master the skills of business than it is to master the art of painting. For those of you who are craftsmen at heart and feel as though the workload can sometimes be overwhelming and the business side of things is confusing and frustrating, you have an incredible opportunity to master the art of business to complement your mastery of the painting trade. This inevitably makes you a great leader and a great teacher of a skill set that many of us business guys aren't able to do. Keep your heads up and keep aspiring to be great. What brought the post on Tanner Mullen? Uh, well, you know, it came from uh, my heart, just, you know, a, you know, what's interesting is, is that I have such an interesting perspective, Nick, I, I get the, I get the collective of the group, the brain of the group. And then I volunteer to do business breakthrough sessions. Um, it's just my coaching that I do, uh, which is pretty much like quick. It's like 30, 45 minutes. I don't want to hear the whole story. I want to know what's going on. I'm going to give you an answer and then I got to go, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you a perspective. Then I got to bounce and, and people enjoy that. But what's cool about that. Um, is is that I hear so many different perspectives from from the collective. Now, um, what I've what I've learned is is that there's this there's this massive amount of individuals uh, who who are really good with their hands, and that is their, this is that is their survival uh, is is how they feed their family is is based off of what they can do with their hands and how how great they are at their at their trade, and that's where they're comfortable, and that's what they've focused on for so many years, um, and they've done really well, and they're inability to scale their business boils down to their lack of confidence when it comes to business. And that is why people line up to do my business breakthrough sessions. So I'm thinking, you know, why is there such a high demand for this? I mean, literally, I don't even advertise it really. I mean, most of the time people just book a time 
for me. And, you know, what's interesting is like, what is the big answer to this big question of like business? Why are we making it so complicated? And, you know, I look at it and like, I'm a business guy, but I have a major, um, you know, let's say deficit when it comes to my painting business. And that is, is that I am not a skilled craftsperson. In other words, I am very heavily reliant upon a skilled craftsperson to come in and ensure quality on my job sites. What does that do? Well, that's almost like owning a restaurant and not know how, knowing how to cook. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then for me, it's almost that I'm constantly at the mercy of the most important part of my business, which is the production. Mm -hmm. um, because you can't sell anything if your production doesn't exist. So for me, I look at that like, okay, well, how interesting is that? Not only am I at the mercy of that, when it comes to training and bringing on new people, the training usually comes from the top. How can I create a solid training system? How can I lead by example? Again, always constantly reliant upon someone with the skill set to be taught. And, and what I said to myself was like, you know, wouldn't it be great if I had the skill sets of a craftsman? Wouldn't it be great if I mastered the art of spraying, the, the chemical balance of different substrates and how to apply to different substrates? Not only would I come in to a customer's home and exude incredible amounts of confidence when it comes to challenging projects that not only um, I would be able to take that other contractors wouldn't be able to take, I'd be able to take with confidence and, you know, pursue, you know, uh, you know, portray trust that customer. Um, but what, what I'm, where I'm getting at is that that doesn't really exist for me. Um, and, I, and I have no problem self-reflecting that. I'm not a craftsman, you know, and what it does is it inhibits my growth uh, much more than it would uh, if I were an, a master craftsman and I applied a certain amount of principles in business. And, and I have no problem admitting that. Someone who is an expert craftsman or at least pursues the art of craftsmanship is going to beat me if they apply the principle of business. And here's a good example. Nick, when it comes to marketing, do you do your own marketing or do you hire a company to do that for you? I, I do it myself. Well, when you say you pull the lever, in other words, do you have people out there, you told me that you do mailers. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I orchest I I do the strategy, but I yeah, I'm not delivering the flyers. There is another company out there doing that. So like, in other words, like that's one of the biggest areas. Of business is marketing. In other words, like there's lead agencies, there's third party lead generators. Yeah, you, you could do. I guess you know. Obviously, you said you could do your own. You could jump on yeah. Facebook, run ads. I mean, in terms of like marketing, really, marketing is pretty much done for you. When it comes to administration, it's not like it used to be. In other words, payroll used to be this huge headache. It used to be like who do I pay? How do I pay? When do I pay? Now you can sign up for a program called Gusto and much in hours, they, your pay, your company gets, your employees get paid, the taxes come out, the workers comp comes out, and now payroll is no longer a thing. Accounting, you can outsource your accounting, your accounting is taken care of. You can hire a CPA, you can hire uh, an attorney if you really want to get interesting, you know, crazy when it comes to the legal stuff uh, to handle all, all that stuff. So what's left from that, Nick? Sales. That's it. So all you've got to do is be a salesperson. And here's where I bring the whole thought together because I think about this. When it comes to sales in, in this industry, customers go with who they trust. And if you're a master craftsman, more often than not, people will resonate. Or in other words, they will attract to you because they feel as though you're going to do the job right. And that is from your that is from your knowledge, your education. So you don't need to be enthusiastic you don't need to be uh you know convincing you don't need to be all you need to do is 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 emphasize to that customer what your skill sets are 
how you plan to approach the project, how well you've trained your team, and how confident you are that they will achieve these, the result that they want. So in other words, the knowledge becomes the sales strategy. And in this business, that is the most valuable thing. So it all comes together. So in other words, I mean, you know, the argument will always be there. What's more, what's more difficult? But for me, I believe that in this case, from what I say and kind of my, my case is, is that, you know, the craftsman aspect is. So that leads me to this last point. You and I both know this. We've talked about this a lot of times. 90% of the people who own a business are, are that craftsman. And for me, it's like, wake up. You're, you have an opportunity to win. Just put these principles in place. Like you're not far away, you know? Um, so I'll kind of leave it there and, and you can maybe tell me what you think. It's really interesting as I was like, I had a lot of thoughts about that because I think some people knee jerk reacted to it in a, in a certain way of like, yeah, it, it was really interesting to, I, I, I think some people took a knee jerk reaction, but I almost had, I, I found myself in a really interesting position of sort of like, people think I'm fairly good at business and people know I'm fairly good at painting. So you think I would take a certain tact at this thing, but honestly, I think business is the way harder part in, in my point of view from this. And, and obviously Tanner, we say this without like, this is personality driven, right? The business or the craft is going to come easier to people. But boy, when I'm thinking about if I had to have an apprenticeship program, we can make a pretty good painter in two to six, uh, two weeks to six months. If I had to train uh, somebody to run this business from ground up, I think that would take, I mean, you, you need that weird human experience. So I found myself almost like, and, and I'm processing these thoughts as I read all the comments and do this. It's almost like I'm coming from the position where I should be taking, like I'm the holder of the craft, you know, and yes, it's tougher, but honestly, I struggle more with the business side because there's, there's way more variables than that. Like when we decide what primer to put on cabinets, we can remove the human side of that. And as long as I don't make some grandiose mistake, it's just, does this stick or not? And there's a test to do that. But the business side and the employee side and the client side is a constant evolving, like there's just thousands of variables. So for me, the business side seems less solvable than the craft side. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I think that if we if we eliminate like the, I would say the distance between the two. In other words, you might say, well, business is 80% hard and craftsperson is 20. I would say even if it's 51, 49, yeah. you, know, you know, to me, it's like, I look at it. I look at it like this. If you could collectively ask every person in the group what the hardest part about owning a business is, they're all well, not all, of course. Yeah. Gonna, I got to stop doing that. Yeah. They're going to say hiring employees. They're going to say finding help. And when it comes to finding help, chances are, you know, that help isn't trained properly, or the majority of the craftspeople who we're speaking about, um, they don't trust anyone to do the work in the same way. Uh, that they do the same quality and the same standard. So is it on them to to teach and to train? Sure. But it has to be from the perspective of this belief that they're doing it with the idea that they're going to be replacing themselves. Um, and chances are many of them don't know what they would do if they weren't painting. How do you feel about that? one? Yeah. So I, we had, oh, we had this beautiful, I wish you were there in Toronto with us yesterday, Tanner, you would have loved this discussion. So this is one of the most thoughtful group of contractors I've been in, ever been in a room with. And we really started going deep into, you know, we, we can go to the stats in the industry. 
it's believed that 99% of our industry is single person painting companies. It's a fragmented industry. It's largely unprofessionalized. And what that tells you is these are painters who couldn't find a professional business to work with. So they started their own and they're probably not set up to be business people. So um, I don't know if I'm directly answering your question, but it reminded me of that, of this, we had this crazy discussion about, we have a fragmented industry. We have people who are way more, they're way more suited to be master technicians than they are business owners. And they're selling this good. Uh, my average job size in my company is six grand, but we sell everything from $400 all the way up to $80,000. And there's basically no certifications we have, no Red Seal program, no anything, licensure. And we're out here being unprofessional, sometimes unskilled and selling these 40, 50, $60,000 things where people just don't finance it and give us a check. So it's a weird industry, man. It's just a, it's a, I, I, I keep going back to the point about like painting is not really on, on average, the industry can paint fairly well, but don't, most people don't get a chance to operate for more than one to three years because they don't have the business side of it. And I, I think, I think if you remove the painting industry side of this, I think the actual doing, like if you take a tech company, the actual nuts and bolts of coding or electronics or something is, is 50% of it. And the, the business and the entrepreneurial side is 50%. I, I actually think we might have this weird skewed industry where 80%, most people are pretty good with painting and only 20% know anything about business. So I think we, it, it, I think our industry might be some weird little outlier in this regard where we have way less business acumen per capita than other industries. Nick, I, you know, there's two things I want to say. First of all, I agree with all that. And the second thing is, is, you know, as I continue to get an influx of the younger mm. contractors that are coming in, they tend to follow me because, you know, they, they, we have a lot of similarities. Yeah. Why do you think a majority of them start their businesses? Most of them follow the same thing that I did in, in some, you've heard my story, but it's similar. Yeah. They have a father or an uncle or someone that is painting and has painted for 40 years to provide for their family. And they come home and their knees are shot and their hands hurt and their legs hurt and they're complaining and they wind up going out there and painting a whole house by themselves. And the kid looks at it like, I want to help. I want to be a part of this. Dude, I can't even tell you how many people come to me with like, hey, my dad owns a painting company. My uncle owns a painting company and I want to help them, you know, professionalize it, you know, and it's almost like this thing where after a certain amount of years, they've all tried every one of them has at least tried maybe they had a couple helpers or maybe they had a couple you know or maybe they actually took the leap on hiring that google guy that called them 10 times you know and it's like there's this certain fire that that just dims out after a while that says this is my only option so when i make a post like that i, I you know part of me is just trying to stir up this this uh this 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 huge uh, huge this huge demographic of people that are walking their way to no retirement fund, um, no 401k, nothing, no legacy to leave behind beside a phone number and a notepad um, yeah. to, their, to, their, to their children. And, and they're heading that way and things are getting more expensive. I mean, if we want to really get serious about it, this is a, a serious topic because if we're saying that 80% of these people uh, in our industry operate like this, 
they're in for a major rude awakening when it comes time for them to check out, which some people can't paint beyond 60, 65 years old. There's a lot of time left, you know, so uh, that was another reason why the post was there is because they need to know that they have a skill set that many of us business guys don't have. It's the ability to train. It's the ability to lead through project management. Maybe they don't sell jobs, hire someone to sell your jobs instead of thinking that you need to do the estimates instead of, you know, that's what us business guys do. We hire yep. to manage our jobs. You should be hiring somebody to sell your jobs, you know? So if that's not an area that's comfortable for you, get someone to do it, you know? Um, but again, you know, that's uh that's, that's a big part of it. And I know maybe you, you, you've, you've heard of these, these stories. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the common origin stories, the cliches are my dad did it or I did it in college. And a lot of us found our way into this through that, you know, yeah, yeah I think we, we always say this when we're near each other, nobody raises their hand in kindergarten and says, I want to be a house painter. When I grow up, you know, it's like, I, I grew up in a family of house painters and I didn't say that I want to be a fireman or whatever. So <laughs> now the interesting thing is, um, obviously Jason Paris and I, our major thrust with the PCA is this professionalization. And sometimes we get some pushback because anytime you mention that topic of craftsperson versus entrepreneur or craftsperson versus business, people need your react to like, oh, so you're making me choose. You can either be one or the other. And I think your post kind of beautifully said it, which was we can all do both. And it's kind of like that college versus the trades argument. I don't see it as a either or. I see it as I went to college. I love it. it. It helped me greatly in here, but it still didn't give me a lot of the lessons that I needed to learn in business. You know, so we're living in this world of politics, the the dichotomies. There's either this or this, and I love your breed of contractor uh, that comes in with a fresh face. And after I left Corey's uh, event, literally Jason and I, we always debrief after these things, and we said there's a whole bunch of people here who already are job costing and they've never talked to another painter. They've never been to the PCA. They've never done any of this. And there is a whole breed of new people coming in that are way better suited to this thing. They have a base knowledge that is way higher than anybody in the industry. And it's for people, it's from people like you spreading the word on your Facebook group and things like that, setting a good example. So I'm, it is changing Tanner, right? It's getting better but it's not changing fast enough. And these poor people are going through all this pain and suffering of martyring themselves for the craft like I did for two decades before finally realizing what job costing and these principles are. And we're not telling people, professionalization does not mean big business. Professionalization means in a single person painting company, when I have people do job costing with me on my templates, literally they say, I'm, I'm the most expensive. I'm the best. I'm booked up for two years. And we say, great, send me three or four jobs. We run them through the template. We find out they're making 21 bucks an hour on their jobs. Wow. And literally professionalization means you can actually charge a wage where you could probably double your revenue in, in a year if you just professionalize. It doesn't even mean you have to have employees. So that's what's out there. And I love the thrust of what you do because you do not have to have 150 employees. That doesn't, that's not the only version of a professional business. It can be one or two or three. Do you remember what it was like to, to be stressed about not knowing, you know, oh, what's it's been my life for 30 years. Yeah. And you tell that story proudly about how there was a change for you and it, and it. And again, I guess it doesn't really need to be a big splash. Right. I mean, I think it's just a matter of having the confidence that, you know, Hey, like you're, even though you're a craftsperson, you know, you still have a lot to give in terms of the business side that is, is, is innate. It's, it's your leadership. Nick, I mean, I appreciate the humility, but you are the poster child for balance when it comes to 
business side and craftsmanship. I mean, you display that in, 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 in such a, a great way. And, you know, if we look at you as an example, when it comes to the business side, you know, Nick, you said, how long ago did you have that conversation with Jason Paris? Oh man. Oh, about, um, about the industry or no, when you met, I think it was like, I just saw a commercial from the PCA, but it was about when you went to the PCA, you sat around a bunch of guys and it changed, it changed your perspective about business. Yeah. Jason Paris called me on my bullshit. I, I was just like every other painter out there, Tanner. It was like, right. I, I charge the most. This is five or six years ago. I charge the most. I'm booked out forever. Nobody's better than me. Right. I got this licked. But I'm going to make my point. And this is just because we're having a friendly debate here. Yeah. All it took was a mindset shift for you to develop the principles in business. You developed your craftsmanship for years. And you're pretty much, I would say, I mean, from my perspective, you're 50-50. Yeah. When it comes yeah, to your, your, you have leadership and you're teaching business around the, the, the country. And I mean, so for me, it's like, Nick, I know what you say when it comes to, hey, the business is harder, but really, it really was a mindset, mindset shift that told you, hey, I'm actually going to take action on some of these predefined principles. When it comes to craftsmanship, Nick, we can't just do a mindset shift and take action on a couple principles. There's these things called reps. That need to happen and 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 not saying that that doesn't happen in in the sales side you do have to do a lot of estimates to get good at it but then again i would i would argue that in terms of time to really master these things all you have to do is put some principles in place on the business side have a mindset shift rather than on the craftsman side you know that did take a lot of experience that you reference on a daily basis would you agree yeah so i'm i am completely open and and I'm trying to be as objective as possible and be unbiased, but it, you do make a really good point, which is I, I bled for this craft for 25 years and I've only really been learning about business and entre entrepreneurship for the last five or six. So sometimes I feel like the entrepreneurship side is, is not quite solved yet. Maybe it's because I've only devoted a fifth of the time that I have to the craft. So I, I am aware that I am probably biased in this. So. Biased, but you know what? It's it. And there was a lot of people that commented on that that said, you can't master either. I agree. Of course, you can't master either. But like you said, if we say that we've professionalized, that's probably a better term than master. Uh, you know, in terms of professionalizing, if you were to peak in my business, you would be disappointed in terms of our level of craftsmanship when it comes to different things. But here's the thing with my business, we don't take on anything other than things that we're good at. We had this discussion at Corey's event. You know, so it's like, hey, I'm not going to be the best craftsman, but I will do something that I'm really good at. And unfortunately, if it's something that I'm uncomfortable with, you're going to have to find someone else. And for mm -hmm. us, it's worked, um, you know, play to my strengths, you know, so there, there's a lot there. But I will say that, you know, in terms of like the business side, again, this is a message of hope. I'm hoping that someone on here who is a craftsman listens to this and, and takes Nick's experience and says, you know, look, Nick, really, you told me this. You sat at a round table. Jason called you out and. Mm -hmm. You told me that you do with the job costing. It's like, you know, it was just a principle shift. It was about putting the small things into action. It was. And I, I think it's really good to to split some hairs and say when we say mastery, that's really subjective for some yeah. people. We both know that perfection is impossible, both in the craft and business. And really what we have to do is it's like what I try to tell uh, my painters too on, on our proverbial one to a hundred scale of quality, you know, a hundred being pristine, perfect, unattainable. It's like that temperature, absolute zero. It theoretically, it exists. Nobody can ever make it happen because it's such an outlier. Right now, 
people who would call themselves master crafts people, we can probably operate at somewhere between 92 and a 98 regularly. We can bounce around in there doing really good work, way past what the clients want. Most of the really good people in my company can operate 80 plus. My apprentices can probably do 70 plus. And really when we survey our clients and we're honest with ourselves, our clients are looking for a 65 to a 69, honestly. And wow. so when you say mastery, what's that? It's the expectation. Is that so really it's like there's mastery and there's winning and success and then there's mediocrity. I would say mediocrity is dancing just below what the clients want and constantly like have them question it. I would say a win is if you go two points above what a client expects and you make an industry average net profit, technically that's a huge win. There's there's not that many businesses. It's not a given that a business does good work and actually makes a profit. You know, only 4% of all businesses in the US ever employ 10 people or create a million dollars of revenue in a year. So that's a, that tells you how hard it is to do that. So I would say that we have to be careful with mastery. Mastery, I think, is that art of do 80 plus and continue to move up a point a year, two points a year and keep moving and keep moving and still be interested. Um, but I think we also need to say a win is something less than that. And honestly, that's what we should we should be that that is a more interesting discussion about what does an actual win look like? Honestly, use that win on a consistent basis and on a scalable basis. Yeah. In other words, like, you know, but Nick, like, again. Going back to what you've created, like you've turned your craftsmanship, which is your skill set, into probably one of the most robust training systems for a painting company that we've seen because of your confidence in your craftsmanship. Like, dude, your foundation for craftsmanship is insane. Yeah. I mean, in other words, like people can come to you for an answer. I used to work for a, a, a restaurant tour. And this guy, man, he lived it. He worked his way up from busboy to dishwasher to prep his whole life, bro. He was like, I mean, a sushi guy. Okay. So he's Chinese. Like, I mean, I'm talking like lived the life. Yeah. And what was interesting about him is that he always had the answer. And that's our job as leaders. You know, typically people come to us for the answer whenever chaos happened or whenever there was a situation um, that couldn't be resolved. It's like, can we can we count on uh, the boss to help us resolve this paint peeling or paint or help us to resolve this substrate issue? Nick, being honest with you, chances are if I polled anyone on your team uh, about whether or not they feel confident, if you can answer a question like that, it would be resonating. Yes, that yeah. is that is a strong business trait that wouldn't be shiny in terms of what someone would consider a business trait. But guess what it does? It creates a, a solid foundation amongst your team members that in, in the event that something does go wrong, you have their back and you can get the answer. Now let's flip the script. What happens when someone from my team asks me, <laughs> you know, um, well, let me go ask Nick, right? <laughs> you know? you, but, but Tanner, you're a problem solver. You would like, I can find an answer for you. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I can be resourceful, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just, you know, again, this is, this is why this is a debatable topic. It's because, you know, again, you have this, heavy weight of experience that can be drawn upon by your team at all times. Not only that, as you take it to another level, it then becomes a training. It then becomes a, a, a process for them to follow in your footsteps. Mm. I don't have that. The business guys don't have that. It doesn't exist. Now, I'm not saying that we're not going to be successful. We, we are resourceful. We will put people in positions, but it won't be with the same level of 
loyalty and standard. It'll never happen. Yeah. That's my, that is at least my opinion. Yeah. And God, I, yeah, there's a lot to, there's a lot to think about there, Tanner. Um, I'm trying to think how to, how to summarize this. And I think I was thinking a lot about this. I had a lot of playing time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think I think we need to be curious, right? We need to be hopeful, and we need to take ownership of our own position. Uh, we I don't I don't think I don't think you and I, Tanner. I don't think we will ever be uncurious or satisfied with the business or the craft side. You know, there's always going to be something else to learn or master. And I think having a closed-mindedness towards some of that stuff is probably not great. But also, we should. As, as somebody who might be termed a master craftsperson, we, we also must be curious about guys like Tanner and, and our friend Bradley Ellison. Brad is not a painter. He'll let you know it, but he runs a very successful company and has run another successful company. So we need to be like, there's not only one way. We need to be curious and we need to take ownership of where we are. Being a master painter does not obvious, does not like it's not a given that you're going to make any money and being a business person isn't a given that you're going to paint a house very well. So I think we need to, if we're in this trade, I think it wouldn't, it's not like, I think curiosity in both is kind of the only way to go. If you shut yourself off to curiosity in one of those major fields, I think you're doing you and every single person associated with your company a disservice. I, I agree. I think that there's a roadmap for each of us to follow again. How can, and what other industry where, you know, you have, well, I guess you would look at it like a restaurant, right? Maybe you have the general manager of a restaurant who's really good at getting the people into the restaurant and has the ability to motivate his team to cook and present great food. But you get that one restaurant where the owner is the cook. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, and the you personality hear, and life and the, yeah, 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 yeah. The cook, man. And you know that you want him in the kitchen. That's mm -hmm. a blessing and it's a curse. Yes. You know, but you know that, that. So what a what an interesting balance. Like you know, you look at these mom and pop restaurants. You got to go check them out. You know, mm -hmm. Joe is in the kitchen. And he makes the best. You know, and I'm sure that was hard for you when it was. You got to have Nick paint your house. Yeah, he paints the best. You know, and it was one of those things where you had to decide like, what direction am I going to go into? Am I going to listen to what my customers want, which is for me to be on the job painting for them, or can I trust someone else to do it? Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's good perspective because for two decades, I basically said, I am doing my clients a disservice if I'm not giving them that crazy personal service. But at the same time, when you go into Best Buy, Mr. Best Buy is not there selling you an extension cord. So like, we have to understand that it's a unreasonable ex expectation for even a business owner, Tanner. Like it, you, it would be an unreasonable expectation of your clients for you to do the estimate, you to manage all the projects, you to order all that, you to do the final walkthrough. No, we have teams for this kind of stuff. And all of our clients, I mean, all of my clients, almost all of them work for some very large company where they're part of a team where there's many people that do things. So it's not a stretch of the mind. You know, we're, we're very self-conscious about this, but we have to understand that's not how the world works. You know, I seen a comment. Someone said, I'm reading the comments and uh, mm -hmm. someone said the business side is definitely more scary as a master finisher. And of course it is, you know, and the thing about it is, is, you know, what's what, what they love and what makes master finishers and, and craftspeople so confident is they see the results from their actions immediately when they're in that world. And that's a little bit different than the business side is because in the business side, typically 
results are delayed. You got to spend money on the marketing and wait for the return. You got to put out the ads in hiring, go through the process of hiring, hope that you got a good applicant. He comes in and hope that he trains and stays and listens and it's a good applicant. When it comes to sales, you got to do a lot of estimates. You got to put out a lot of bids and you wait. It's a lot of waiting. When it comes to finishing, Nick, you go into a kitchen, you know, hey, if I get that painted and that painted, I will get the achievement immediately in 100% direct proportion to my effort. Yep. And that, I think, is a challenge. I think it's the challenge of putting out the 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 right things, sowing and reaping uh, in, in the business side. I think that that in itself is a little bit of a challenge as well. I agree. And what you said, I think is probably the biggest takeaway. If I had to describe this conversation to somebody else is a mindset shift, because I think there is, I think you said it best, which is there is a mindset shift from technician to owner. And if you almost have to either wear two hats or shift or change your shirt when you do the two roles or something, but it is, it is a completely different thing of doing a craft in silence, listening to a podcast all day versus holding another human accountable. And uh, I think those are skills that anybody can learn. Uh, my personality dictates that I am not good at one of them, but if I want to keep pursuing this craft, what are you willing to do? Uh, well, how much grit are you willing to put forth to do that? So um, yeah, maybe this has been a very introspective conversation for me because the craft is a beautiful thing that I find deep satisfaction in. The business thing has not been as easy uh, just because, you know, fewer amount of years, but my personality dictates that, that I'm not, I have the personality type of a business owner, but some of my biggest, um, some of my least developed skills are what makes them best developed. You are, you are, you're interesting, man. I mean, the thing about it is it's almost like, it looks like you love business just as much as you do the craft. And honestly, Nick, I do not love painting. You don't want me to paint for you. My mind is too focused on the love of business. I yeah. love the estimate process. I love the hunt, man. I love the marketing. I love seeing marketing turn into dollars. I love hearing happy clients. I love managing a team. I love all that. Like that fires me up. And again, yeah. you have someone on the other hand who loves the sound of that first click on the sprayer, yeah. man. Timed <laughs> up, right? They, they, it's like. That's just, that's their, their morning bell, man. And it's like, they don't want to do anything other than that. They want, uh, they want a good business, but they don't want anything to do such a, such a fun topic, man. But it, it, the thing about it is, and I kind of, you know, just wanted to bring it back to this point here. These are deteriorating. You know, this is a, this is an asset that uh, declines as, as it's, 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 it's like mileage, you know, and it's just important. To know that, I mean, it really is, and it's like you know, your brain uh, can can really, with a, again a mindset shift, can really change your situation. And it, you know, I tell people this all the time who come to me and be like, "Hey, I still want to paint," and I say, "Great, have a team on the side generating income and go paint." <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, build a team on the side. You know, do that. Just get in the habit of doing that. Yeah. One of the most profitable forms of business uh, that I ever ran. When you when you see the nexus between ease, less stress and profit. Um, two to three people plus me on one job site is a beautiful business plateau that's easy to do where you can still do all the functions. You just have people there doing stuff with you. So there's versions of this that can be beautiful and satisfying within there. So um, no, I like this. I like this conversation, Tanner. Um, and I think I think that we are firm believers in you know, uh, years ago, I would have looked at somebody who said, I don't care about painting. I'm here for the business thing. And I would have looked down upon them. Now I say, you know what? 
some of the people that I have learned the most from in this industry are not painters. And in fact, they care way more about the entrepreneurial side than the painting. It's not that they forsake it. They actually do amazing work out there, but they're not the ones doing the amazing work. They realize that they're not good at everything and they find other people who are. And that is the mark of a humble leader, a good leader. And, and hats off to people who can do that, because honestly, that's the thing I struggle with, which is I'm the best at everything. I'm just going to do it. And there there's limits to those <laughs> those systems, Tanner. So no, this is awesome. I appreciate the living hell out of you. I appreciate those questions. They're so thought provoking and it, it just brings out the best in the painters, Tanner. So if people, if people want to get to you, if they want to do business with you, how are they going to find you? Uh, you'll find me posting random questions in the painting contractors group. So just <laughs> questions that come up uh, randomly throughout my day. I feel, I feel now in retrospect, this has been my business breakthrough session with you and it was very public. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, it was really, you know, again, it's, it's such a powerful topic. I, you know, I just love the trade, man. I love the people. So many awesome people. I grew up in the trade. I mean, I'm a third generation, actually. My father's father, you know, uh, taught him and, you know, it's in my blood, man. It's like, we got to help each other. So, you know, that's what it's about. Tanner, you know how much I appreciate you and uh, you and me and a whole bunch of people like us got a lot of work to do in the next decade here. And uh, hats off, man. You're right in the middle of the fight. We're out, we're all in the trenches and uh, this business literally 10 years from now, Tanner, we're going to look back and say that this was the nexus of when this industry changed. And I thank you for your effort for it. Yeah. And you as well, man. I learned just as much from you, I'm sure, as you learned from me. Oh, <laughs> Kidding me, man. I, I I love the next generation of contractors. And I say that being like, barely, people still call me the young guy in the industry, but Jason and I had a very introspective conversation that we're kind of the middle guys in the industry now. Like all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of these really good looking hotshots coming into the industry. And it's like, all right, now we got to start making sure that we're not going to turn into these grumpy old bastards here in the industry yeah. that are shut down to all this. And yeah, we need you guys are the wise men that uh, <laughs> young guns, uh, so we don't go we Right. We just got to remind ourselves that, you know, uh, put your arm around these people the same way that people did and are still doing to us. And and yeah, we love it, Tanner. So thank you for this. Thanks for taking the time today. One shout and, uh, out. Quick. One shout out. Of I, course. Yeah, real quick. You know, those watching, there's, there's, there's craftsmen out there that are on the cusp of trying to figure out this business stuff. Mm -hmm. Keep going. You know, get a hold of Nick, get a hold of me, get a hold of anyone that you see just wanting to share information and like anyone be willing to help you give you some advice. I'm sure Nick, you get an email a day with asking you for something of your, uh, your, your inventory of your satchel, whether it's job costs, yeah. it's same with me, you know, it's yeah. like, just don't think you're alone on the journey, keep going and you can create a really nice legacy for yourself and your family. Yeah. I, uh, I thought I was a purple unicorn Tanner and I thought that all these problems that I was experiencing were just special to me because I, I must be doing something very special to create all these things. Uh, that is the stupidest outlook you could possibly have every single thing, that little bit of friction. What do you charge for X? How do you schedule? How do you find good people? People like Tanner, people like me, people like Jason Paris and all the other people watching here will give you the shirt off their back and tell you exactly how they did it. And they will mentor you and train you in it as well. Awesome. That was my shout out. Love it. Thank you, man. You're the best, Tanner. You have a good weekend. This means a lot to me that you made time today. So. Oh, man. Cheers. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. See ya. Paint Ed Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. 
To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.